0: Dude, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, and it's all my fault. It
1: is all your fault.
0: Dude, my apologies. Uh, I've been in a show, dude. I'm in a show, and uh, that's the real deal excuse. And I've been in rehearsals, and it opened this last week, and now we're up and running, dude. But uh, hockey continues, Whether, whether my life is on hold or not dude hockey goes on
1: hockey goes on dude we've had a lot of games since we last recorded so we have lots to talk about
0: lots to talk about and a lot of sharks news and the sharks are are playing well they're in the middle of a, a a solid streak here right now with some impressive wins and you know when you when you look right now as i'm looking at the overall standings as we record this evening sharks in first place tied for first with the edmonton oilers of all teams and the Sharks have a 9-3 and three home record, dude, which um, is sort of the opposite of how they rolled last year, so um, encouraging, I suppose, but uh, lots to talk about, dude, and I, I, we should probably kick it off right away with Brent Burns.
1: That's right. He signed a contract uh, while we were away, and he signed the longest contract in Sharks history, dude and the most lucrative. That's right. That's right. So was uh, it 8 years 64. 8 years 64 million?
0: 8 years 64, I believe is the number, dude, and um not surprised at all. Sharks had to do this. There was no way that they could let him go to market and lose the most important player. On their team. Like, the, you can't lose Brent Burns. Even risk losing it, you have to pay the money. Someone else would have given him even more money on the open market. Um, the deal might not look good in five years, but if the Sharks even win one Stanley Cup, dude, who cares? That's right. Right? The
1: players like Brent Burns do not come along very often. And uh, play and teams would would kill to get a guy like Brent Burns, who is even this year uh, still ripping up the NHL in terms of points. He's playing extremely well. He is, uh, I had the stats here. He is tied for 17th uh, in points. He is the highest scoring defenseman so far. Uh, the guy is every bit that good, and every bit deserves that kind of money.
0: Yeah there's no question. I mean I I've gotten a lot of, of comments from folks just around concerned about the contract and I, I guess my question back is what's the, what's the alternative? Like what 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 was the other option here? Mm-hmm. There was no other option. You you have to keep Brent Burns. And the other option is that you trade him for whatever you can get. Which is ridiculous. You may as well just trade everybody at that point. You lose Brent Burns, you're done. Right. You're done. You're done. You you can kiss a goodbye. That's the franchise defenseman that, you know, has been better defensively this year, I think. He's been better, right? I'm not looking at the stats, dude, but um, I I can't recall as many major eyesore um m- Bring you to tears, blunders. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you? That's true. I think that's totally true, dude. And his Corsi is good. You know, he's playing well. He's playing well five on five. Um, you know, he is, uh, he's, they're scoring more goals than he's giving up when he's on the ice five on five. Uh, his, uh, you know, all of his stats look good. I mean, they're not the most impressive stats on the team in terms of defense, but as we all know, He is, uh, let's see, he is on the ice. Is that right? I think he's on the ice for more goals per 60 minutes than anybody else on the team. Including Joe Thornton. So the, the guy is a scoring machine.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, he's winning the defenseman scoring race, you know, early. But like you said, he's got 22 points in 25 games. Shea Weber is in second with 18 points. The dude's a beast. He's just a straight-up beast. And he's the face of the team now. Yep. You know, Joe Pielski may be the captain, but Brent Burns is the most recognizable player on this team. And as he continues to blossom into stardom, um, he could become one of the faces of the NHL just because of what a personality he is. That's right. So you got to lock a guy like this up wanted to be here you got to keep him such an important player and I'm glad it happened I'm glad it's over and uh you know I don't think we'll get too far into how this impacts the Sharks expansion you know draft protection there's still a long way to go before we get to that but it's one piece of the puzzle out of the way
1: that's right and and you're right he is Certainly a focal point on the team. I mean, you mix uh, a scraggly beard, missing teeth, and uh, crazy wardrobe choices, and you got yourself a superstar.
0: That's right, dude. You got yourself a superstar or a regular on the one nine line in Manhattan.
1: Or you got one of the members of ZZ Top. (laughs) Take your pick. That's right. So, so yes, I certainly when you think about eight-year contracts. Um, there haven't been, if we want to look at the flip side for just a moment and I, and I agree with you, I think it's a deal the sharks had to make. I think it's in line with what he's worth. Um, it's not a Rick DiPietro 15 year deal, right? Not that the sharks could have done that even if they wanted to, those kinds of deals are no longer allowed, but, but, but still this is, you know, this, the sharks haven't had a deal that, that has gone this long before. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of deals that are this kind of length don't turn out so well near the end. But I think teams sort of know that now going in. They're, they're, not that they're budgeting for it, but they they realize that there's not a lot of guys that sign eight year deals, and the seventh and eighth deals seem like a bargain, right? <laughs> there's a lot of guys who have really sort of fallen off the table. But but you know, on the on the other side, uh, I think Brent Burns has the kind of game that is that will last. You know, we've talked about how Joe Thornton's game lasts, right? He, he's, not, he's never made his money by being the fastest skater on the ice. He's never made his money by sniping corners from 40 feet out. The guy is a vision player. And I feel like Brent Burns is, he's a hard shot from the point, but it's mostly a vision and it's ice sense and it's good skating. And it's not necessarily just raw speed and raw power. Like he doesn't play a game that's going to get him hurt. He doesn't play a game I think that's going to degrade quickly when he ages. So,
0: I I'm I'm bullish on Brent Burns for sure. The Sharks have some big names coming up for some paydays here uh in the next couple of years and you know they their core now is locked up, you know, minus Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton, which I think we've you know, pretty much an agreement that we think Thornton will be back and Marlowe will not, but Couture, Pavelski, both locked up for the next three years, including this year. Uh, And, you know, the Sharks are going to have to pay up on Martin Jones in a season and a half. And they'll also have to pay up on Vlasic, but uh, Doug Wilson clearly has a plan. And I'm sure that, he was aware that this was a very real possibility they were going to have to pay Brent Burns and I give him credit for not backing down and being cheap. I give ownership credit and you what kind of message would that send to the fans if you say, "You know what we've finally taken that next step to where." It's not unreasonable to expect the Sharks to win the Pacific Division. It's not unreasonable to expect them to be in the Western Conference Finals again. And it's not unreasonable to expect to see them in the Stanley Cup Finals again if everything goes right. Not unreasonable. And if you trade Brent Burns, what does that say? To save some money and maybe have a couple bad years at the end? You know, in five years, if we've won a Cup, it won't matter. It won't matter.
1: That's right. That's right. And and you're 100% right that you, unless you get amazing return for a guy like that, and uh, even then it's going to be a risk. And, you know, we've seen some really good players get traded over the last 12 months that did not get an amazing return. And so I think the idea that, oh, the Sharks could go out and get Connor McDavid for Breg, you know, it's like, obviously those kinds of things are not going to happen. So you know, you don't want to make the uh, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson blunder with with Brent Burns. You want to keep him on the team. And it's not like you could replace him with another guy. Who's going to be your PowerPoint quarterback, your power play quarterback, without Brent Burns? There is no close second. There is no second place at all.
0: No, nope. nope. Not at all, dude. It was a must-do. So, I'm pleased. I'm happy it happened. And... Uh, You know, it gives the Sharks some stability through the rest of the year, dude. It's good. It's good. It's only good news.
1: That's right. And I'm happy that I haven't read any uh, TSN headlines about Joe Thornton leaving or anything like that, because we saw a Brent Burns headline early in the year, and I haven't seen a similar headline about either Thornton or Marlowe. So I'm hoping that maybe there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. Well...
0: I just I, I can't imagine well you can't say you can't imagine, right? I don't see a scenario where Joe Thornton is not back unless this season turns for the worse very dramatically. And he is and he has a major decline as a player. Um I don't think they can afford to keep Marlowe in the fold and um, unless he's willing to take a significant pay cut, but um, I, 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 it's good that it's a non-topic, right? Like that the Sharks are just playing well, and um, success is breeding happiness all around. For now, for that's now, right. Dude.
1: that's right. I think other other news, dude. It, I think certainly one of the things that very troubling in Sharks Land is Tomas Hurdle is out with another knee injury on the same knee. Um, You know, when I I heard that, when I saw that, the first thing I had to think to myself is, is this guy done? Is this guy done? Um, I don't think that you can really sustain three, and I think you have to qualify all three injuries as serious. They say he's going to miss weeks. If not, you know, it's not days, it's weeks. So he's had three serious knee injuries on the same knee. I'm not sure how you can come back from that. You know, modern medicine being what it is, I wouldn't count it out, but I, I wonder if the twenty-three-year-old Tomash Hurdle is not long for the league. What do you think?
0: It's discouraging, dude. I had the same thought. And um I feel terrible for the kid, I mean, who's done nothing but work his tail off and be a very valuable member of this team's success when he's healthy. And Fortunately, the roster, the way it's constructed right now, is deep enough that they can weather the storm of there not being a Tomash Hurdle on the roster. Like It's not good, but it's not devastating right now. Long-term, it could have some pretty serious uh, ramifications because he's a major part of their long-term plan, but... We'll have to see how long he's out and what he's like when he comes back because uh, power and speed is a part of his game. And if he has neither of those, I'm not sure how effective he can be. And if he's just hanging by string cheese on his knees, right. you know, uh, it's discouraging. Uh, not what any of us would have wanted to hear do.
1: Right. And yeah, I feel terrible for him too. I can only imagine being a young man and having these kinds of injuries, you know, looking ahead, you know, certainly, you know, at the time he was knocked out, he was the the best on the team and in, in advanced stats, best on the team in Corsi, you know, having a productive year for sure, playing on a good line, uh, a lot of times with Jumbo and seeing, you know, the potential of maybe having 10 or more years ahead of you in the league and, now all of that is put into doubt, but I guess I will have to put my faith in uh, modern medicine team doctors in a in a very uh, cautious rehabilitation plan and and hope he comes back. and And I'm glad that the like you said, the Sharks have a deep roster, such that this isn't one of those things where you got to rush him back. You know, you like right. you know we saw you know the Montreal Canadiens and and you know they're they're playing well. And they're in first place, so they can do the same thing with a guy like Alex Galchenyuk, who's out. But you know, they have a little bit more scoring trouble, I think. Um, maybe, than than then that's that's sort of what I saw, but we'll talk about the Montreal game in a minute. But but yeah, I mean those are two teams that don't have to rush those kinds of guys back. And other teams, if they're on the on the bubble, you know, you look at a team like like for instance the Capitals, who are fourth in their in their division right now. And if they lose a, a Nicholas Backstrom, they may want to, you know, get that guy back on the ice as fast as they could. Um, right. So it's nice that the sharks have, you know, we haven't even talked about Timo Meyer yet, which I want to talk about. Um, you know, and, th- and there's a, there's a couple of guys that haven't even really seen ice time uh, on the big club that I think probably deserve it. So, um, you know, thank God for that. He can take all the time he needs to get back healthy and, and maybe he'll make it back, you know, keep him out until the playoffs, you know, whatever it is, make sure that he has the best possible chance to not only succeed this year, but to have a, the longest
0: possible career. Totally agree with you. And, and I would think that by all indications, that is their plan as a franchise moving forward is that, you know, they, they are fortunately deep enough. They can get by without him for now. And, um, get him back at the end of the year or whenever it is, you know, I mean, maybe they'll surprise us. And, it, and this is weeks means, you know, February or mid January, but they're, they're not going to rush him back until it's right. Um, because, you know, we need him to be an important part of what we're doing for several years, not just this year. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it for sure, dude, for sure.
1: Well, dude, um, so the Sharks, you know, luckily we didn't record right after the Sharks lost three in a row to Carolina, St. Louis, and Arizona again, because that would not have been an optimistic or happy podcast, but luckily we are now recording when the Sharks have won six of their last seven. So my question to you is, what are they doing right? What has changed from the loss to Carolina and now... Beat Arizona, beat the Kings badly, and then beat a very good Montreal team.
0: Um, uh, Martin Jones <laughs> could be. Is that the difference? Uh, Martin Jones. <laughs> I mean the the dude is is. Has got a 1.99 goals allowed and a 9.24 save percentage, dude. Yeah. Like, he's been a beast, and he was unreal in that Montreal game. Yeah. He was so good in that game. And I'll tell you what, Aaron Dell in four games has been great. Really good. In four games. He has better stats than Martin Jones in four games.
1: Which is crazy. But,
0: you know, a 1.93 and a 9.31 – I mean, the goaltending has been outstanding in, the, in this, you know, current run that they're on right now, and they've scored enough to make it happen, and they haven't been making major errors, you know, so um, they haven't been beating themselves. All that all that stuff is, is, has allowed them to sustain a decent streak, dude. But, I mean, the goaltending, Martin Jones, my goodness, dude. Um, he's been great.
1: Yeah, that was a fun game to watch, Montreal, because that was a real... There was some flashy saves at both ends of the ice. I mean, Carey Price came up huge. There were so many good chances. Breakaways, two-on-ones. Joe Pavelski scores on a two-on-none, which you don't see very often. And... uh Price came up huge. He's second in the league in save percentage with a dazzling 942, a 182 goals against. It's crazily enough, he's only uh, only passed by Devin Dubnik, dude, of the Minnesota Wild. A better Whoa, better save percentage and better goals against. Devin Dubnik coming up huge. But Carey Price. Good for him. Carey Price certainly in the conversation for the Hart Trophy this year, I think. Um, uh, you know, again. Uh, you know the guy is just unreal lights out and the fact that the Sharks got to him early I think was key in that win in Montreal they had to get to him early it looked like he built confidence as the game went along made some crazy saves I never expected late and uh, gave him a chance to win you know Logan Couture took a sort of ill-advised or or a ill-timed at least four-minute high-sticking penalty with four minutes left in the game Montreal scores a six-on-four goal sure comes out of the box and they managed to put it away but uh, there were some there's some real tense moments there in a game that I thought the Sharks really played well in
0: yeah I mean they're not lighting the world on fire in terms of scoring I mean they've scored four goals uh twice uh, uh, in the last let you know, like let's see they scored four against Florida as well but I mean that's going back one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve. 13 in the last 13 games, 14, 15, 16 in the month of November and December. They've scored four plus goals three times. So, you know, I mean, offense has been a struggle, but defense has been solid and goaltending has been been elite lately. So um, you just ride it out. I think the goal scoring will come for this team. Like there's too many, too much talent on this team um to not produce offensively and we know how good their power play can be so i'm not freaking out about that i think that will come around it's just uh you win how you can and that's how good teams survive through the year winning in a variety of different ways and right now the d and the goaltending is picking up the lackluster scoring and you got to like that yeah
1: Yeah, I think in in looking at the stats, I think the Sharks have been somewhat unlucky. Looking at shooting percentages, you see some sort of crazy low shooting percentages. Uh, You know, Patrick Marleau shooting percentage under six, Don Scoy under six, Ward around five. You know, these are some pretty low shooting percentages and a terrible 3.82% shooting percentage for maybe the most disappointing shark, Mikhail Bodker, dude. What's wrong with Mikel Bodker?
0: Well, um, he got a timeout the other night. Uh Pete DeBoer put him in the corner, made him wear the dunce hat.
1: Yep. Or the cone of shame.
0: He, that's right. He he had to wear the cone of shame, dude. And uh and, and he responded. I mean he responded uh in, in the game afterwards with a goal. So um. Yeah, he's he's been disappointing. Um, fortunately, it hasn't spelled doom for the team. You know, they've been able to survive, you know, a, a guy who they were counting on to be a 50-point player only having four points in 25 games. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody would have thought that would be the case. But um, if you're looking at his game log here, from the last uh, couple of games, I mean, it—you can see. I mean, the Arizona game, he had his system or he didn't have a goal. In the LA game, he had an assist. He was a plus one final in both of those games. Got some shots out. He had a really good scoring chance in the Montreal game that they got robbed on. Him. Yeah. Um. So, um, he's showing signs of waking up. And you know, no hurdle means he's going to see some significant minutes unless someone comes up from the minors to take him away. But, um, I, I'm not ready to declare him a bust yet, dude.
1: No, no, not at all. But uh, yeah, and it's good to see that other guys are, are coming up big and, and maybe now's the time to talk about Timo Meyer, who hasn't made a debut, uh, for the sharks Kevin Kurz wrote about him in a mailbag a few days, or actually earlier today. And, uh, he has extended his point streak to four games. He has five goals and three assists over his last four games, and he leads the team in goals and is tied for second in points. So, Timo, Timo Meyer is coming on strong. He's certainly making a case to come up to the big club, and and you know another. I think he's uh, I think the only player ahead of him in points is Barkley Goodrow, who at least to my surprise hasn't really come up and and played a number of games. I thought Barkley Goodrow was definitely going to get the shot as opposed to maybe a guy like Kevin LeBanc, who has not been bad by any means. I mean, I have no problem with Kevin LeBanc at all. But I think uh, what Kerr said is Bakker might, you know, hear some guys on his tail here pretty soon. If he doesn't pick it up, you know, you're going to have guys like Meyer and guys like LeBanc already on the team and guys like maybe Barkley Goodrow taking ice time away from him or even him being a healthy scratch. I think it's possible.
0: Yeah, I'm not ready to go that far yet, dude. You know, I'm super, super stoked about Timo Meyer. I'm glad that he is tearing it up in the AHL. You know, I would like to see him unless there's a, um, and, you know, guarantee is not the right word, but uh, I don't want Timo Meyer to come up and get sort of the LeBanc role, which is playing maybe 10 minutes on the fourth line. Like right. that's that's not what I think will benefit Timo Meyer. I mean, if he's ready and they think he's ready, collectively, coaching staff and management on the same page saying he's ready and they'll they've got they're watching him every night, yep. you know. They see him in person. If they agree, then bring him up, play him with Couture, Pavelski, Joe, play him on the top two lines. And play him real minutes and see what happens. But my fear is that if you do that and it doesn't go well, and then he goes back down again, you're like, Ugh. right? You know, I, this can't be flip flopping up and down from the minors to the NHL. I think when he's up, you got to be sure that it's that it's time to stay. And and maybe it is, dude. And what a revelation that would be if he's able to contribute on a Big time level right now. I just I don't think we have the team is doing well enough without it. I just want to be sure.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and and you're right. I mean, uh, Kevin LeBanc is playing is playing 12 minutes. You know, he's playing. You know, only more than Ryan Carpenter, who's only played three games, Michael Haley, and Tommy Wingles of all players. So, you know, he's not playing a lot. And you're right. You don't want to bring up Meyer and have him play in that 10 to 12 minute range or even less. Cause you feel like he's not developing as a player. I mean, he's still a very, very young player. So you don't want to take away that development opportunity from him.
0: Right. I mean, there's, you know, Daniel Regan's playing very well in, in the Barracuda. Goldobin's playing well. Tim Heed is a player that people have been mentioning, you know, as you know, certainly the sharks are not in any need of, Another defenseman, you know, where you've got a quality player like Dylan DeMello, who was able to, to get his way on the ice, you know, uh, in the last 11 games, he found his way out there twice and played just fine, especially for someone who hasn't played a real game that mattered in, in two months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a testament to his preparation, especially even drawing in as, as a surprise play just minutes before the game. Um one of the games, uh, it's the depth. I mean, if we're going back to the depth again of the Sharks right now, which is not something we've been able to say at all, right? in recent years. Um, and, Doug Wilson has done a nice job.
1: Yeah, and you're right. And and, and it's not like Dylan DeMello is – actually, from where I'm sitting, Dylan DeMello is not close to getting into the lineup because both Schlemko and uh, Dylan are looking really good in the puck possession – department i mean dylan only has one point in 24 games so dylan obviously isn't isn't going to be tearing it up in terms of points but both of those guys are playing very well in terms of puck possession they're not defensive liabilities by any means Schlemko's near near the top of the team so both of those guys you know Schlemko obviously being new he's been every bit as advertised and dylan has taken a, a step forward as far as i'm concerned and uh now you know there there really is no there's no weak spot. There's no Roman Pollock right now in the top six. That, oh, should we play him or should we play DeMello? Like, I don't think it's close. You can't take out either Brendan Dillon or uh, Schlemko at this point. If right. anything, if you take one guy out, you might take out Paul Martin. But I mean, I wouldn't do that either.
0: No, no. Um, but there's no reason to mess around with the formula right now. So that's that's kind of where I am with with Meyer or any of these other guys who are playing well in the HL. Let, I I wouldn't mind if, if he got 60 quality games in down there, you know, and let him develop some chemistry with some of these other young players. And when they come up together as a group and they already have some experience playing meaningful games together, I, I think that that can have a real benefit. So um, we'll see. I mean, if the sharks continue to, to struggle to score and maybe get another injury in their skilled forwards, uh, you'll probably see Meyer pretty quickly. But I only want it to happen if he's going to play 15 to 16 minutes for a decent stretch. So it's not a panic move, you know, where he's coming up for a game like O'Regan and going right back down. Like, I just don't... I don't see the benefit in that.
1: Right. Well, the good news is that they don't have to ship him across the country anymore. So there's that.
0: That's true, dude. Yeah. Dude... Another thing that has happened while we were away is the Vegas team has announced their name, dude.
1: The golden Knights. Thoughts. It's not exciting. Got to tell you. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't really, you know, say Vegas. It doesn't
0: scream scream ice hockey to you. It
1: doesn't scream ice hockey and it doesn't scream Las Vegas. So it's kind of weird. Uh, Apparently the owner has got a thing for knights. He thinks that's a great mascot or what have you. So that I I mean that's fine. I think it's an opportunity missed. You know, you could certainly say the Aces, you know, something like that. You could really go, you know, obviously we had some I think in the last podcast, the one before, we had some pretty funny joke names for for the Las Vegas team. But but certainly, I mean that's a that's a city that's known for something specific. I don't know why you would why you wouldn't try to embrace that unlike a city like, say, Tampa Bay that's not really known for anything. Right. You know, or even San Jose, to be honest. I mean, you could say the, the San Jose tech dorks, but, you know, in 1992, <laughs> that wouldn't really make any sense. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's too bad. I, I kind of wish they they went a little bit more, you know, out of the box. You know, this seems, this seems like uh, just, I don't know, that the owner had an idea to be the Knights and even though it's, You know, nobody cares.
0: Yeah, real wah wah choice, dude. Not excited about it. Uh, Not going to be buying up my Golden Knights gear.
1: Right. Not even close. And and they didn't go real crazy on the color scheme either. I mean, it's, you know, gold and black, you know, shocking. Nothing. nothing. Lame. Dude, we have an old email from Andy, so I want to get to that. And, uh, so maybe I'll, I'll jump into this. But um, Andy wants to talk about face-off percentage. He said he heard uh, in the Sharks, the Sharks face-off percentage in the Carolina game, which I believe they lost 1-0. That was uh, Aaron Dell coming up with the loss, even though he played really well, is the worst percentage so far by any team this season. And Andy included a little chart here that says, you know, the Sharks were basically in the, easily in the top 10 the last eight years, essentially. And yet this year, at the time Andy wrote the email, they were 28th. As of the time of us recording, the Sharks are 24th in face-off percentage. So the question is, how does this happen? It's the same centers. What? It, how does this happen and does this matter are Andy's two questions here?
0: Um, Dude, I'm trying to pull up the uh, individual stats to see who's had a real decline in their face-off win percentage, dude. I mean, yeah, it does matter. Of course it matters. I mean, you know, um, although as I'm looking here, I see Montreal is 25th, so and Chicago is 26th. So maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe Colorado not. is second, and they are the total butt cloud of the league. So, <laughs> you know, <Butt> <laughs> maybe it does not matter at all. But um yeah, you want to have possession um and you 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 want to you want to win that stat battle, but I'm it, looking at this now I'm kind of talking myself out of it, Andy. I mean, like you look and see um the Columbus is 27th and they're having a very good year. Edmonton is 29th. It doesn't matter, Andy.
1: It helps. It certainly helps with possession, but maybe it doesn't help as much. I know we we always like to talk about faceoff percentage a Pittsburgh lot.
0: Pittsburgh is twenty second. The Rangers are twentieth. They're all under fifty percent, and we're, we've just named what five of the you know ten best teams in the league. Yeah, you know, uh, I think winning Carolina is fourth. They yeah. suck.
1: Let's see who's who's you know, particularly bad. Uh Patrick Marlowe, 42.9%, not good. Logan Couture, 37.5%. And he's taking that's a lot. Of, he's taking a lot of face-offs, too. Yeah, he's taken almost not good. To, almost three hundred face-offs, so almost more than anyone. So yeah, not, not good. Jumbo is still his normal self, 57.7. Hurdle was good when he was taking faceoffs. But yeah, it looks like it's basically being. The anchor on the team right now are actually two guys are the anchors. One is Chris Tierney at forty six point five, and Logan Couture at thirty seven point five. This could just be a case of two guys having a bad year in the faceoff dot. You know, it just could, it could yeah, be that. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm see thirty seven percent. I mean, that is
1: that's that's bad. That's butt cloud territory. That's pretty,
0: that's pretty brutal. I'm trying to see where he was. Last year, I mean, last year, Couture was at 47. So you know, that's never really been his calling card is like being great in the dot. But um, maybe he's a little overwhelmed by that part of the responsibilities of, of playing center right now. But, I mean, we still know that he's a, a really strong player. So you got to figure that that's going to even out a little bit. I'm not that worried about it, Andy. I just gotta I am not that concerned.
1: I actually have a question for Andy, although I don't I could send him an email, but I think I might as well just ask him here in case he's listening, which is what happened to Leicester City, dude? You see they're like close to relegation now. Yeah. They're, they're like in the bottom third of the table. Yeah. How is this possible, dude?
0: Um the the deal with Satan wore off. Is that right? Yep.
1: Yeah, Leicester City is behind Burnley, Crystal Palace, Middlesbrough, Watford, Bournemouth. Shall I go on? Not, no, not, it, not it good. Was... Not good.
0: No, not, not good. Not good. Anyway. Um, no. Don't. <laughs> not surprised.
1: Spurs still in fifth Sorry, place, Andy. even though they don't win any games.
0: Well, Spurs are about to fall all the way to Europa, so...
1: Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> all right, dude. Um, Let's see. Uh, What else... I don't know how long we've gone, but probably long enough. Um so dude, let's look ahead. What do we have coming up here? We have um we have a home game we have in Ottawa. Ottawa away for the Ottawa's Santa playing home,
0: a, certainly uh, much better than uh than I think we expected. I mean they've been a pretty good team. We go to the Ducks on Friday and then we've got Carolina a little bit of a grudge match here against the Hurricanes on Saturday, so um you know you look at these three games and you you, you can't help but think win 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 even though Ottawa has been playing well um
1: Ottawa's yeah, not bad
0: they're not bad but you know the sharks i would expect them to come away with five points this week
1: yeah i think ottawa's maybe a little lucky they're they have more points than the sharks yet their goal differential is negative so right uh, i don't know that's not something that's very sustainable. I don't think you can win a lot of games and actually give up more goals than you score. I'm not an expert in math, but I'm pretty sure you can't win a lot of games if you give up more goals than you score. So, just saying. Yeah,
0: that's that's, that's not a winning formula.
1: But Anaheim, they're they're still nipping at our heels, dude. They're only two points back.
0: Yeah, I'm, they're not a terrible team, dude. They're they're not terrible. I just think I I. I don't fear them the way that I've feared them in years past. I don't fear any of the Pacific division teams. Like I think the Sharks, when they're at their best, they are the best team in the Pacific. And I'm not sure it's even that close. And um, if they can continue to play solidly, get healthy, you know, they're in position, dude. To, uh, and I don't, you know, you don't really look at the team and go, gosh, they really need to make a move right. to bolster this and that. You know, as we're getting closer to the trade deadline, which we still have, you know, two months, but you don't really look at them and go, they really need to do this. I would expect that they would do nothing. You know, I mean, I think that oh, sure. they can solve most of their problems internally, except for if they, if Aaron Dell goes belly up, you know, um, you could see them maybe address that um in the trade market like they did last year, but um they're in a good spot, dude. Watch them lose three in a row now, but now that we've given them all this praise, but
1: I'd still um, like to see Aaron Dell play more. I'm I'm not happy with his workload.
0: Well, you know, you would think that he would draw one of these two back to back games. You know, he maybe he'll play Saturday against the Hurricanes. You know, that's probably the expectation that they won't do Jones in that back to back.
1: I think that's that's I think that's par for the course, but I also want to see him play on the road. I want to see him play you know, I understand you're gonna start Jones against Montreal and you're gonna start Jones against Chicago. I get that. But he needs to play against either Toronto or Ottawa too. You know, you can't just play him once every three weeks.
0: Right. I agree. I agree, dude. That the only way they're gonna find out if he's for real or if they need to you know be looking around for a solution uh for the playoff run, you know, if something happened to Martin Jones what are they going to do? Um yeah, they need to play him more. I 100% agree with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I might even try to play him Carolina and Toronto and give him two games in a row and see how he does with workload, you know? Cuz I mean, Toronto's not yep. a very good team either. So <laughs> you know. Yeah. I I,
0: be- I I don't think you'd get a lot of argument from folks about that.
1: But dude, there's not frankly, there's not a ton to complain about with the Sharks. You know, six of seven. I mean, they're they're playing great and even down a very important player in Tomas Hurdle. So uh like to see him score a little bit more, like to see Dell play a little bit more, but these are tiny little little nits to pick, dude, because our sharks are are playing well.
0: Let's keep the good times rolling, dude, and hopefully uh we will continue to be uh consuming our band brand and being more regular.
1: Hopefully more um, regular, dude. But that's, as you said in the in the opener, it's entirely up to you.
0: Oh, dude!
1: I've been sitting I here. Know. I
0: take the I take the full blame, dude. Um, it's uh, it's in my hands, dude.
1: Been sitting here refreshing, hoping you would call.
0: <laughs> oh, it, I I wish you would stop standing outside of my house with a boombox.
1: Yeah, I thought you liked Peter Gabriel.
0: I do, and I called as soon as I heard your your siren song, dude.
1: <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I will talk to you soon, and go Sharks.
0: Go Sharks.
1: Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com.
0: Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.